0: chapter 29 and what happened last week Jacob's just coming off of his vision vision at Bethel (coughs) where he saw a staircase a ladder (coughs) going into heaven we saw Jesus' interpretation of that in John uh, chapter 1 and so he is, remember he's on the run He's running for his life um, What we're going to talk about today What's going to happen is He's going to get to his destination We're going to talk about When when God's providence We've talked about that over and over again And we've seen God uh, We've seen God move in the circumstances of the people To bring his promise to pass To fulfill his word To make sure that his promises are going to be a, Are going to be a fulfilled Um, and sometimes you might think i don't know it's possible that you would start to think that if you're a promise bearer of god if you're uh one of the seed of abraham or that you know god's going to move to uh fulfill his promise to you and so you know just knock yourself out do what you want to do it doesn't matter if you go tell them your wife or your sister it doesn't matter if you go and and sin or whatever God's gonna protect you and God's gonna uh, make sure that no harm comes to you well we're gonna see today that that is not the case God's will for his people is that they be conformed to the image of uh, his son and he is going to do whatever is necessary to conform you to the image of His Son, and so that providence that we've been depending on, that we've seen uh, the people that we've seen Abraham and Isaac depend on and come through for them in the in the in the clutch, that same providence is going to be disciplining God's people. It's going to be moving to discipline them and chastise them and bring them into. A, Bring them into uh, the understanding of their own sin and their own fallen nature. So we're gonna we're gonna see that that God is doing a work in Jacob. God's doing a work in him, and it's not just about giving Jacob all the things that he needs. It's not about making sure. Uh, it's not just about making sure that he is happy and all his you know dreams come true or whatever. Uh, it's about making him you know, bringing him to be a man of a man of faith, a man of God. Uh, uh, he's molding his inside. He's molding him to be the kind of man that is going to uh, be indicative of the seed, uh, the promised seed. Y'all with me? So it's not just it's not just hey you're a promise bearer so rock on do what you want to do it's all good God's gonna protect you uh, that's not the way that that's not the way God operates among His people and we're gonna see that discipline played out today okay uh, before we start reading I'm gonna try to get through verse thirty. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of fast, and so, <clears throat> but we can stop and we can do two parts if y'all want to talk about some stuff. So, but I'm gonna try to get through verse 30. And what I want you to see is we're looking this scene. Jacob is gonna, <clears throat> dang, I can't clear my throat. <clears> throat. Jacob is gonna get to Haran and he's gonna find his wife, which is gonna be Rebecca. And this scene is almost exactly like the scene that we saw. Remember Abraham sending the servant to get Isaac's wife. It's almost exactly like that scene. The only difference is the servant of Abraham, he was all about praying and asking God to show him and asking God to reveal it. You're not going to see none of that with Jacob. You're not going to see none of that. He's all about his own business, and he's just doing the, what he thinks is right, doing what he wants to do. And he, we are finally going to see this woman, Rebecca, is going to capture Jacob's heart. Pray and this, Lord. huh? Rachel. Uh, I'm going to do that all day long. Rebecca is Isaac's wife. Yes. Rachel is Jacob's wife. Rachel and Lee. (coughs) This Rachel is going to capture his heart. Finally, you're going to see Jacob... He's still the schemer. He's still the plotter. But there's finally going to be something that that shows up in his life that he desires and is willing to work for and is willing to (laughs) invest in. You know, it's not just about scheming or whatever. He finally finds something. And that that thing is going to be used. I say that thing. is her. She's going to be used by the providence of God to show him what a heel he's been, what a sinner, what a wretched person he's been. Y'all with me? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So he's going to discipline. And then uh, just by way of introduction for next week, it, it, try to be here next week for sure because next week is very important at the end of this chapter. It talks about the difference between it talks about Leah and Rachel and their you know baby wars having babies back and forth you know to try to please Jacob and it's all about, Leah. It's all about living for Christ rather than living for some person. So it'll be important. Anyway, verse 1, Jacob has just seen this vision at Bethel. It says, Then Jacob went on his journey, literally, it says he lifted up his feet and came into the land of the people of the east. Uh, he is. It's almost like he's got a renewed purpose now, that he's been given this vision, God is working for him. Remember, that's what we talked about, the ladder. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it, for out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered... This is a description of what happened. And they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in this place. That's a description of the process of of watering the sheep. So he he rolls up on this well and this is, he's in the right place. He's in Haran and uh, he comes to this well and what he sees are three flocks of sheep around this well and then the narrator, Moses writing Genesis describes to us why they were waiting around the well. He says what would happen, this is basically what he's saying, what would happen was they would all line up, you know, there were different flocks, and then someone would come and move the stone off the well, and they would water their little flocks, you know, probably taking turns, and then they'd go about their business and they put the well back. That's why they were waiting around the well. And so, this could be, I don't know for sure, nobody knows for sure, this could be the same well. I mean, it's the same place, Haran, that Abraham sent his servant to find Isaac, a wife. I'm trying to make sure I got the names right. And uh, it could be the same well. We don't know. It's the same place. And so he comes to this, he comes to this well and Jacob is at the right place. In verse, uh, verse four it says, and Jacob said unto them, my brethren, whence be ye? He says, where, where is this? Or where are you from? And they said, of Haran are we. So he's in the right spot. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban the son of Nahor? Remember, that's who his mom sent him to, Laban, to find his wife. Uh, And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And so he is in the right spot. He's in the right spot. And at the end of verse 6, it says, And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. They say, well, yeah, we know him, and here comes Rachel, his daughter, and he turns and looks, and time slows down, and there's a spotlight on her, and the music starts playing. <laughs> you know, she's, she's come, you know, he's, it's, it's almost like immediately, she just, he just, he's captivated by this woman. Well, I'm going to show you that in a minute, how I know that he was captivated by her. And it's just like, immediately, finally, there is something that has grabbed hold of Jacob's heart you know it's something that he has you know he, he hadn't really cared about his family hadn't really cared about doing things the right way or following God or trusting God for the blessing or the birthright or you know he hadn't nothing well finally there's something that he desires something that he wants something that is really just a it's captured him. And so they said uh, Rachel, his daughter, is coming far off, is coming from afar off. She's probably still afar <laughs> off at, at this point in time. And what you're going to see here is Jacob is going to be looking to impress her. He's gonna be looking to impress her with watering her sheep. So what he tries to do is get rid of the shepherds. Okay? Uh, this is gonna take a little explanation, so stay with me. In verse 7, it says, And he said, Lo, it is yet high day, it means it's noon. Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water your sheep and go and feed them. He said, Well, what are y'all waiting around for? Water your sheep and get out of here. You know, he's probably you know saying, Y'all hurry up and leave. He's got in his mind that he wants to water her sheep. Remember, he probably knows mama has told him the story of how I met dad you know remember when the the servant prayed let the woman who says you know when I ask for some water say yes and I'm gonna water your camels also he knows the story of how you know mom was was the chosen one to be dad's wife by watering the camels so he's got in his mind I'm fixing to water her sheep you know I'm fixing to water her sheep and that's gonna that's gonna you know get us together whatever And so uh, in verse 8, they explain to him why they cannot water their sheep yet. It says, And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth, then we water the sheep. Now, here's the issue. If you know this story, if you've read it, you know what's going to happen. Jacob's going to walk over and move the stone his own self. And so here's where we have our first little question that we kind of need to talk about. They explain the process of why we're here, why we can't water the sheep, and why we got to wait until uh, the stone gets rolled away. There are some people that say, and this is a possibility, I can't deny it at all, that what is going on here is the stone is just too heavy. It's too heavy for, it's three shepherds, three flocks of sheep waiting, you know, for some other sheep shepherds to come the the stone's too heavy and so they need a bunch of people to come help move the stone that would mean that Jacob is somehow imbued with superhuman strength or something when he moves the stone by himself that's possible. And there are some lots of people that take it that way. And I, you know, if that's the way you take it, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's, it's possible. I think me personally, and this is not gospel. This is just me. I think what's going on here is that they have, um, they have a process at the city. I think the, someone from the city monitors the well and they come at a point in time and the shepherds line up and they each in turn take their flocks and water the sheep because there's a couple of reasons. If you look at the look at the pronouns of verse 8, it says, and they said, this is the shepherd speaking, we cannot until all the flocks be gathered together until they roll the stone from the well's mouth then we water the sheep. And so what I'm thinking, this is just me thinking, that the city of Haran has a system of how all these shepherds and all these flocks get watered. Uh, at a certain point in time, certain time of the day, they come and the city officials or whoever rolls the stone away. Granted, I'm presuming a whole lot in this, in this thought process and then they come, uh, they come one flock at a time and, and water their sheep and then go out to pasture and then they come and put the stone back. And that's why they're gathered around the well because they're kind of, I mean, they're kind of waiting in line. They're kind of waiting in line to to get this done. First come, first serve. Okay? Make sense? There are some people that take it to mean it's just too heavy. Um, But, I mean, three shepherds waiting at the well, it it just seems kind of strange to me that three shepherds decide to wait for more shepherds because the thing's too heavy, Uh, and then Jacob just comes and and supermans the thing. You know, just strange, but it's not out of the question. Any questions, comments? No? Okay. Y'all just want me to keep going? Mm-hmm. Alright, so, uh, they say we can't do it yet. Now, Jacob knows the story, how, you know, mom watered dad's camels, or whatever, and so he is going to act. In verse 9 and 10 he says, And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep. While he was talking to them. For sheep. And it says, And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Okay? Well, three times. Huh? So Mention mother's brother three times. Why? Why? show that, that he was that it was a part of the family that you know it was Nahor's that, that family yeah it was part of he was at the right place right family I think it also is like a foreshadowing of the fact that uh, Laban is going to be a <laughs> Laban not going to treat Jacob very well he's going to be a deceitful conniving whatever and it turned out that mama was kind of that way too wasn't he i mean she was the one gluing the the goat's hair on the on the boy and and behind the scenes saying look this is what we're gonna do we're gonna go in there we're gonna lie to your daddy and we're gonna you know she was kind of and so we don't know why for sure but three times there is a word in hebrew for uncle so he could have said uncle but it chose he chose to say mother's brother three different times and so we we left to wonder as to why but uh what happens here is jacob basically breaks line he says look all y'all gonna wait i'm fixing the water it didn't say he rolled the well over and then started watering everybody's sheep he he broke her into the front of the line and watered her sheep and her sheep only why did he water her sheep why is that important to him you think He's trying, trying to get to. pointers. Yeah, he's trying to impress her. He knows, the, like I said, he knows the story of how mom was chosen, watering the stuff. And so all of a sudden, he uh, goes and rolls the stone away and puts her in the f- front of the line. And uh, he is, uh, he, he's, the one thing that he didn't do that really caught my attention was the servant that Abraham sent, when he got to the well, before he chose the woman, what did he do? He prayed. He prayed. God, show me this woman. Show me the right one. Let her say, you know, and I'll water your camels up. None of that. Jacob just acted. He just acted. And then it said uh, in verse, uh, where are we at? 11. eleven. Verse eleven says, and Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. What's that about? I mean, wow. that's kind of weird. It's you like how it would you, how would you react? If if some guy changed your tire and then kissed you and started crying in the interstate. I mean like get that car and be gone. You'd be running, huh? It's a, it's a weirdo. I mean like how you and Dana got together. Yeah, that's how exactly how we got together. Yeah. I changed her tire and then I kissed her and I started weeping in the middle of the road. She she knew I was the one. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, but by any standard, this is weird. I mean it's weird. Now there's a custom in the ancient near East to kiss the cheeks, you know, when you meet someone, but usually you're gonna introduce yourself. I mean he doesn't she doesn't even know who he is yet. I mean there's this guy that he hadn't introduced himself. He had, we don't know what family he's from. He as far as we know, he hasn't even spoken to her yet. The first thing that happens is he's talking to the shepherds. She walks up, and immediately the first thing he does is he rolls the stone away, starts feeding her sheep, walks over sheeps, I said, uh, he walks over, kisses her, and starts crying. I mean, that's weird. That's yeah. weird by by anybody's standards. That's weird. Why is he weeping? And I'm just asking. I don't have no. I don't have no perfect answer. I'm just asking already felt the love that he has in his heart. He's an emotional guy. Maybe he's an emotional guy. I don't know. I mean I know it's I know it's 2017 but guys don't ever be that emotional. It's not, not a good thing. I think he might be just overwhelmed by her beauty. Maybe. Maybe so. Overwhelmed by how pretty she is. But. He, he's just exhausted and tired from a long traveling. And so he's crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said it has some sand in his eyes. Something, right? Could be the desert heat. The desert heat. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't have a perfect answer, and I don't know. It's really weird, but you know, maybe. He's come to his journey, and he's realized that this is going to be his wife. Maybe he's she's just hot, or I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We don't really know exactly why, but it's weird. It's really weird. It's really weird that he goes to crying, and so he lifts up his voice and wept. It's yes. Well, not everybody, but it was, yeah, it was, she's going to be what, what is it? His, His cousin? Cousin? Yeah. Se- yeah. Cousin. Well, I mean, we live in Brownsville, that ain't too far removed. <laughs> 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 no, uh, yeah, He. the point is, yeah, that... that Uh, Well, they still married their cousins on into... But that stopped around uh, when God gave the law, Levitical law through Moses. And uh, you see, I mean, we can go into a big thing about... The point here was it was not to intermarry with other, you know, neighboring people. Hittites. Yeah, Hittites and all them other ites. Um, So how did they... To your point, how did they keep from having kids from being, you know, incest? You know, God. like that way. And, like three ad babies and stuff? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Well. And that, yeah, that's, that's, that's we are, the I mean, art. Really. From Adam and Eve, remember, Adam and Eve were perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And the reason why you can't, I mean, this is really gross, but the reason why you can't marry your sister or your brother is because y'all have the same, uh, mutated genes that get together and produce really messed up stuff uh remember adam and eve had zero i mean they were absolutely perfect and through the course of time those have those degradations and i'm not a scientist but those degradations have come so um that's why Adam's kid you know, two of Adam's kids somewhere down the line had to get together, brother and sister. And that's why it was feasible. In fact, in in during this point in history, it's almost preferable that you would that you would get with somebody that was in your clan or your family. So God did not your... consider that sin. Huh? God did not consider that sin. No, not until he gave not until he gave the okay. the law. Okay. Because you have Abraham married his half-sister. You know, it was like his, you know... I can see where that would be a, in that time. People could have that, ooh, don't marry outside the family. That's, that's like, kind of like maybe we, were, we would view racism. Yeah, you know? and remember, when you say family today, you're thinking, you're thinking mom, dad, brother, sister. When they said family, it's 400 out in the camp. You know, there's part of this family and that i mean they're all i mean a family is like what we would call a clan you know and so we're a talking community. about huh a community yeah a community we're not just talking about mom dad brother sister living in the same house we're talking about a clan of people uh, uh, a people group uh was what is what they would call family and so <laughs> He kisses her and he wept. Says he lifted up his voice and wept, which is interestingly <coughs> enough the same phrase that's used of Esau when he <laughs> lost the blessing. When he, when Jacob stole his blessing, says Esau lifted up his voice and he wept so exceedingly.
1: Maybe
0: was like acting a fool, hollering. Huh? He was, like, I mean, he was doing some hollering there. Maybe so. Maybe. So. Oh, Rachel. That's when I got. I got. Yeah. Okay. Jacob is a little weird. gone. All right. So in verse. Uh, Verse 12. Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother after he wept. He told her who he was. And that he was Rebecca's son. And she ran, told her father, what's missing here? When Rebecca was revealed as Isaac's wife to the servant, what's the first thing the servant did? After it was revealed. Put jury on her. Well, yeah, that. But he he worshiped. He worshiped God. He worshiped God. None of that's here. Jacob is. He's bound he's going from one deal to the next, and there's no mention of God at all in any of these verses in this whole section. No mention. And so Jacob is not even thinking that direction. He's on his own, he's on his own deal. Now, what happened the last time? one of his daughters came and told laban there's a guy from abraham's family out in the parking lot he got lots of stuff he got camels yeah he got he was he was had it made 10 camels jewelry and so what's laban (coughs) gonna do when he hears there's another offspring of abraham's family in the parking lot He's going to take off running. <laughs> I got some money coming. Oh, remember what happened the last time. And so verse 12 says, uh, or 13 says, And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. We don't know what all these things are, but it's probably everything that's happened. You think he told him about how he stole the blessing? Mm-mm. I just think he told him that Maybe. he got the blessing. Got the blood, maybe so. We don't know, so that's good. He, you think he, he probably didn't tell him how deceitful he was, maybe. I think everyone kind of told him a warning, you know, telling him, like, this is what's, (laughs) you know, happened to me. Maybe, Esau's after me, yeah, exactly. Maybe so. So he told him. I can almost be assured that he told him about the vision that he had at Bethel and all of that and the fact that he was there looking for a wife uh, because he didn't want to marry the Canaanite women or all those. (laughs) You could pretty well be assured that he told him that. And we are headed toward a point, so stay with me. In verse 14 it says, And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh, you are my kinfolk. And he abode with him the space of a month. Now, basically, remember, Jacob got out of Dodge, out of home base because Esau wanted to kill him and he was running for his life his mom told Isaac he's got to go because he needs to find a wife so Jacob is kind of just laying low and he stayed with him a month. What would happen is, it doesn't mean he he hung out in the recliner and stayed in you know uh, Laban's tent. He went to work every day, just like everybody else, you know. And so he's he's working and working the fields or the animals or doing whatever it is that they do. He is he is spending that month working. We know that he's already smitten with uh, with Rachel. And then magnanimous Laban comes up in verse 15 and says unto Jacob, because thou art my brother, shouldest thou there Therefore, serve me for naught. Tell me what shall thy wages be. Now he sounds like a really good guy. You know, don't I, you shouldn't have to just stay here and work for free. Tell me what you're gonna get. Tell me what your wages will be. Laban knows he's not gonna get any camels, he's not gonna get any gold or any silver or any jewels at all from Jacob this time. So he might, he's gonna have to get some work out of him. He's gonna he's gonna work for it. And We have this little narrator's note. and This is going to be important. Verse 6. It says, Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, or Lee, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, which means weak-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and (laughs) well-favored. Does that mean Leah was ugly? Leah was ugly. Leah was... Leah had... Leah was... Leah was visually challenged. And uh, she was weak-eyed. It means she wasn't easy on eyes basically you know she was a little homely a little homely you know but well I'm serious she, that that's why it puts it in opposition <laughs> Leah was tender-eyed weak-eyed and on the other hand uh, Rachel was beautiful in in you know face and form uh, but I want you to well make favored. sure huh and well favored, and well favored yes <laughs> Jacob definitely loved Rachel but what you need to see here, what we're going to see next week for sure, is Leah is going to be the not-loved wife. She's going to be... We're going to see how they get hooked up like here We've been it. lied to all of our life, you know, as far as, you know, growing up. You're not supposed to, you're supposed to look at the heart and not the outside. But, you know, this is a different story. So we've been lied to all of our life. Well, we? no, let, let's not move <laughs> too fast in that direction because it is Leah who is going to be the mother of... Levi, the the tribe of the priests, and it's Leah who's going to be the mother of Judah, which is the (laughs) line from where Christ comes from. So, kingdom tribe the kingdom yeah and so you're gonna see that it's God who chooses the unloved wife That's the the, the ugly wife you know if you mm-hmm. want to say it that way or the, the one who is not favored the one who is the the underdog uh, the underdog li- okay never mind. Uh, <laughs> so okay anyway yes that was wrong I'm sorry uh, but did you notice that it calls them the elder and the younger? What does that remind you of? What does that bring your mind back to? Anything? You saw him, Jacob. Yeah. Not only has Jacob has gone these 400 miles away, and I'm jumping ahead of myself because they're not even married yet. He's going to get thrown back into an elder-younger struggle in his own family, just like the family he come out of. So let's get to how they get hooked up, and we'll see that. It says, okay, these two daughters, he says, what's your price going to be for working for me? And it says, verse 18, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, (laughs) thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and this is how much he loved her. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love that he had to her. This was, this was, if you were going to get married, we saw this in the, the previous deal with, with, uh, Isaac's uh, Isaac's wife and Abraham's servant you had to provide a bride price and Jacob shows up on Laban's doorstep with nothing he has no camels no jewelry no nothing and so he's gonna have to work it off he's gonna have to work off this bride price for seven years can you imagine working seven years fellas for the love of your dreams man you'd uh, still be working with <laughs> it Quit now. (laughs) I guess, yeah. Seven years it says he loved. I mean, this is where I get that Jacob's heart was finally taken by something because I mean, it's got to be he's got to be sure enough spent with her. If he can work seven years and it seemed like just a few days because of the love that he has for her, there is finally something that has captured Jacob and that he's willing to work for and willing to strive for, willing to live for. He's not just the you know, he we, we see him, uh experiencing something different than just being the same old deceiver and conniver but and all those kind of things. He still said se- he's not the man that God wants him to be yet at all. And so he does that. He served seven years and it was just a few seemed like a few days. And Jacob said unto Laban, after it's all over, verse twenty one says Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for the days are fulfilled that I may go into her, which is Okay, weird. too. In verse 22, it says, Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. This was a quintessential wedding, wedding feast. And there would be lots of partying, lots of drinking at the feast. Uh, it, it would be everything you could imagine. Laban throws this feast and it says, And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, And brought her to him and he went into her now what happens is when the father presents the bride to the groom she's veiled right and so she's veiled Jacobs probably you know he's probably a little tipsy he's probably got the party atmosphere going and he she's he the uh, Laban substitutes Leah for Rachel now immediately some questions come to my mind like number one did Leah go willingly did she choose? Yeah, I mean, she's kind of homely anyway, so it might be her only shot. You know, I mean, she. she yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, like, did, did Laban force her? Did Laban force her to go? Or did. And where is Rachel? I mean, is she like locked in the basement or something? I mean, ladies, if you were Rachel and you loved Jacob and Jacob loved you and dad was fixing to slip big sister in, wouldn't you be hollering bloody murder? Like, well, you know, stop the proceedings here, you know, I object. (laughs) I mean, we don't know what was going on in the family at all. All we know is that Laban, Jacob has finally met somebody that's more of a deceiver than he is. He's finally met somebody. Jacob is getting a dose of his own medicine right here. And so he he slips in Leah in the the midst of all this. And Jacob goes into her in verse 24. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid, for a a handmaid. You're going to see these handmaids are really Jacob's concubines. They're going to be mothers of some of the tribes of Israel as well. It says, verse 25. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold... It was like I always, uh, I always think like he rolls over like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what happened? It's like did I have that mustard <laughs> Okay, that's a. Uh, you know, he's like behold. <laughs> behold it's Lee grace behold it was Lee okay and so what do you think Jacob's ticked off he's mad it says and he said he said to Laban what is this thou hast done to me did I not serve with thee for Rachel it says man, Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? That word beguiled is deceived. It's the same word that Esau used of Jacob. Why have you deceived me? Why have you done this to me? Jacob is getting a dose of his own medicine. He's seeing what it feels like to be on the other end of the side of someone who's getting deceived and someone who is uh, uh, taken advantage of. And Laban, verse 26, says, It must not be so done in our country. This is how we do things. He said, to give the younger before the firstborn. And so, immediately, he says, Well, this is just the way that we do around here. But uh, isn't that a law? Huh? I, mean, I don't know. It could be or it might not be. It doesn't really say. My point is, why didn't you tell me that seven, seven years, years ago? ago? Yeah. I mean, you know, how is it that you... So it's a custom that he has to, to lay with his sister. To be well, it's baby. the cut. No, it's the custom. What he's saying here is that it is the custom to give the firstborn in marriage before you give the secondborn okay. in marriage. Doesn't matter who it's to. Whether that's just a faced lie or not, we're not really sure. I kind of, th- I kind of think it might be because Jacob never heard of the custom, and and it was pretty much it, when they made the deal in the first place. It seemed like he was going to get Rachel, but what Laban tells him now, he says, "Fulfill her week," which means the wedding week. The, first, the week of celebration, the week of, you know, all those things. You just fulfill Leah's week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shall serve me yet another seven years. You fulfill this week, and I'll go on and marry you to Rachel, and then you can work that off for another seven years. So he's going to get both wives in the same week, and then he's going to have to work another seven years for the second wife. Okay? Huh? Yeah, fourteen years to get the woman that he wants. And verse twenty-eight says, "And Jacob did so, fulfilling her week. and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to his daughter to wife, also. And Laban gave to his, gave to Rachel his daughter Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her hand her maid, which is going to also be a mother of some of the tribes." And it says. And he went in also unto Rachel. He consummated the marriage. And he loved also Rachel more than Leah. There are some people that take that the the way the Hebrew is. And I'm a little fuzzy on that passage. But take it to mean that he didn't love Leah at all. But that he loved Rachel and not Leah. But it says in any event that he loved Rachel more than Leah. And served with him yet seven other years. So what you have now Jacob, in his family, listen, Jacob, in his new little family that he's got going on, has brought all of the mess from his old family to this new family. He has brought, God has placed on him all of this stuff uh, to discipline him because he is, alright, he was a deceiver, and he deceived his way through life to get whatever he wanted. Well, now he's met the arts deceiver, and he's been deceived and tricked. <laughs> His mother and father, if you remember when we talked about those things, mama loved Jacob and daddy loved Esau, and they were their favorites, and each had their favorite, and it caused strife in the family. It caused all these things to go wrong. Well, now you've got the same thing in Jacob's family. You've got a favorite, Rachel, and you've got the, the disfavored one, Lee, and that's going to cause all kind of strife and all kind of things in, in, this, in this family uh, as well. And so the same things, you got strife with the elder daughter and the younger daughter. You're going to see it over and over and over again. God has placed Jacob in school. God has, Jacob is the promised seed. He is the promise bearer. But all of the way that he lives, the way that his heart is, the way that he is just re- readily sinning to do whatever he wants to do and be whoever he wants to be, uh, and God is, it almost looks like God is follow- he, following him around, going, oh, it's okay. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. No, God has put him in the discipline school. And God has turned all of this around so that Jacob is going to, he's going to start learning what it means to to be this man of faith that he's called to be he's going to start learning what it means to have god as his god and to be uh who uh be who the promise bearer uh should be uh god is using all of this discipline all of this providence god is working all of this out uh to grow jacob uh and so the lesson the the big thing that i want you to take away from it is we get ready to close what time is it Oh yeah, the big thing I want you to take away from it is that we've seen the promise bearer mess up all kinds of stuff, whether it be Abraham, whether it be Isaac, whether it be Jacob, and we've always seen God intervene to uh, to rescue His promise or to make sure that His promise. What I what I need you to see, and this was true in Abraham and Isaac's life as well, is that these things don't come without discipline. They don't come without, you know, it's not like, well, I'm a promise bearer of God. I can do whatever I want. God's gonna fix my problems and he's gonna he's gonna take care of his promise. So let's not worry. Let's, you know, eat, drink, and be merry and have a good time. Don't worry about it. That's not how God works. God will discipline His children. And His goal, you know, there's a million books that are are sold today to try to tell you what God's will for your life is. I can tell you what God's will for your life is, and I'm not even a prophet. God's will is for you to be conformed to the image of His Son. And He will shake heaven and earth. He will break your legs and tear your house down if that's what it takes to make you into the image of His Son. He'll do whatever He has to do to grow you into a person that is dependent upon Him a person of faith, a person who walks out the the calling that he has placed upon your life. And he's doing that in Jacob's life. Jacob is going through misery. Can you imagine? Can you imagine working, being first of all, being deceived by uh, Uncle Laban all right. Then being married to the homely sister, and then after that, having to stay with Laban after he deceived him for another seven years just to work off the debt you owe for the sister that you wanted in the first place. You can imagine. You can imagine what kind of thoughts and feelings are going through his heart. Uh, he is. He's been deceived. He's been tricked. He has uh, all of these things, and that is exactly what Esau felt like. That's exactly what Isaac felt like. That's exactly, his chickens are coming home to roost. The one thing you can always be sure of, I don't care if you're a promise bearer of God, if you're a seed, the seed of Christ, your sin is going to find you out. That's right. Your sin will find you out. Um, we've seen God, you know, God is a good shepherd and he will not let his sheep go off into harmful areas of sin, harmful areas of what, he will not he will not do it. Not without bringing some form of discipline, some form of chastisement, some form of instruction to bring you to the place that He's <coughs> desirous to bring you. Do any of y'all have any thoughts about that? No? It's easier, it's easier to try to learn it the first time than it is to have to keep, oh, keep doing it and doing. it. I guarantee you. And the scary thing is, I guess it's not scary, but if you have been born again, I mean, sure enough, uh, he is going to mold you and make you. Yes. And if he has, if he has to break you to reform you, then he will break you, and he will do it. I mean, he will, he will do it, and it will be the right thing to do. I mean, he, that, that's the thing that so many people. We're not here just to be comfortable. We're here to be like Christ. Yes. I mean, it's as simple as that. And if it means shattering everything in your life, you know, I know some people. I know one in particular. I mean god this is from his own testimony this is not me looking on the outside from his own testimony god took away everything took away I mean his mother and father this is he's a grown man it wasn't a boy his mother and father died in the same 2 3 month span lost his job lost his you know just from crazy circumstances you know it was nothing not really his fault or anything like that. I mean, just one thing after the next. Just ri- whatever he tried to stand on, whatever foundation he was trying to, 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 to hold on to, God would rip it out from under him. It just seemed like to him that God would just rip it out from under him until finally he had absolutely nothing and he had to turn to Christ and just depend on him. And that's where God wanted him to be in, in the first place. See what I mean? So a lot of us hold on to the stuff, hold on to the whatever... God's will for you is to be conformed to the image of his son and if he has to blow up your entire world to yeah. get that done if you're his child he's gonna blow up your world in order to get that done now with me any thoughts um you you had said in verse 30 you said you know you didn't know if that in the Hebrew you said it's kind of shady on whether you know that he was just, you know that Leah was loved but in the very next verse it said it says that and the lord saw that leah was hated yeah yeah so i mean that that's what what the when I, what the i hebrew meant by is kind of shady is there's some arguments that the hebrew <coughs> construction there means that she wasn't loved at all mm-hmm. but i mean i don't i'm not i'm not a hebrew expert and i read some of the arguments but i am just not sure i'm not Here, sure here's the thing that's kind of interesting though is, that, is for her to provide <coughs> children. For Jacob, I mean, he's got to have a little bit of some kind of love there. Not necessarily. He got a little real. something. <laughs> right. There's a lot of men that go out. And do okay, it. all right, let's pray. <laughs> all right, we're gonna pray. Yeah, we're gonna listen. That's gonna be important next week. So, I want to show you what Leah did and how she overcame the fact that she wasn't loved by her husband.